0: This is Adam Barr. Welcome to the Organic Outreach Podcast. Together, we're learning how to influence our world and share our faith naturally. We do this by providing resources, leading cohorts, and equipping leaders through conferences and intensives. At Organic Outreach International, we believe every Christian plays a part in fulfilling the Great Commission, and this podcast can help you do that. Today on the podcast, we're going to be hosting Dave and Ann Wilson. Uh, They're the co-founders of Kensington Church. It's a national multi-campus church that hosts 14,000 attendees every weekend. They are also people who love to talk about marriage and its connection to ministry. They are have recently authored a book called Vertical Marriage, and for the past twenty five years, they've been featured speakers at Family Life's uh, Weekend to Remember events. If you've never been on one of those, uh, they're powerful experiences. They also host their own marriage conferences across the country, uh, and they live in the Detroit area. I'm excited to have them on the program today as we talk about the connection between our relationship with God and our marriage, and how that that spills over into our witness as we seek to exercise n- outreach naturally in our everyday lives. I think you're going to enjoy the conversation. Give it a listen. Well, I'm sitting here with Dave and Ann Wilson. Uh, they have a, a ministry in the church as a pastor and uh, a church that they started. They, they also have a ministry to marriages. I'm so excited to have you guys, Dave and Ann. Thanks for making time for the organic outreach podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, you bet. I'm, um, I, I really have been fascinated as I've gotten to know more about you guys, uh, look at your book and uh, some of your stories, it's unfolded. Um, it's incredible the way the Lord has used your own experience in marriage to now allow you guys to speak into marriages. So why don't you, for, for those of, of our listeners who may not be familiar with your story, why don't you start by just kind of laying the groundwork. How how did your experience in marriage as a ministry family uh Go through some some times of challenge and, and tell us your story and how that has positioned you to now be able to help other marriages.
1: Well, I can start by saying uh, when we got married, I thought our marriage would be easy because I'm <laughs> such an amazing guy. I mean, how hard could it be to be married to me? <laughs> no, we, bo- we both we both uh, you know we just we just recently become followers of Christ. Uh, really, since the call to ministry, and so we actually in a naive way thought we'll get married. We love Jesus. We love each other. We're going to go into ministry. It'll be easier for us than other people because we're ministers and doing God's work. And I, I don't know. We, we both really thought it'd be simple. I don't
2: think we even, and we were young, we were only 19 and 22 when we got, oh, wow. we, were, we went on staff with crew, but we really did think, you know, yeah, we have this stuff in our backgrounds and baggage, but Jesus kind of got rid of that. Right? Not oh, yeah. having any idea how much all of our past wounds and hurts and even di- differences in our family backgrounds, we carry all of that into our marriage. And yet Jesus was at the forefront, but we really had no idea how to handle it. And so we really went through some real highs and lows that I think most marriages go through. And I think that's pretty normal. Yeah. We really found ourselves needing God and Jesus in the midst of all that to work through it.
0: So some ways expectations uh, can play such a role in coming up against uh, these things. When you, when you don't expect trouble, when you don't expect conflict, when conflict's a bad, a bad word, or if you grew up in a kind of a conflict-averse background, uh, when you actually experience the reality of marriage, which is inevitably going to involve conflict, you're shocked. You, you guys share a little bit about that. A, kind of a, a come-to-Jesus moment in your marriage. Uh, could you tell that story? That was that was really powerful. Are you talking about the 10-year anniversary? Yes. Yeah. A, the time I walked out and Ann yelled at me. Which one? <laughs> Th- those are both pretty good. Why don't we start with the 10-year anniversary? Because I think that, that, that helped out quite a bit, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, the 10-year anniversary uh is really the basis of the book and it's a bad moment in our marriage that i honestly when it happened thought nobody will ever hear about this this is not something i'm going to be proud of uh and it's a long story but the short story was basically we go out on a 10-year anniversary date which to be honest i nailed it (laughs) because i had roses and romance and we went to a really nice restaurant which i was not known for i'm sort of a cheapskate but (laughs) Anyway, long story short, we start talking about our marriage. And if you had asked me before that date, how are we doing? I would have told you we, on a scale of 1 to 10, we're probably close to a 10. And honestly, I discovered that night on our way home from that wonderful date, which, again, had romance and talking and, you well, know, creativity. Well, into it,
2: because here's what happened. Dave takes me out to this great restaurant. And right after, now are we're going to brag on me. Yeah, he was was awesome. You want to do that? Go ahead. But I'm just going to say, honestly, we were not in a good place. We were starting our church. And this was a dream for Dave and I. Like, this is amazing. We felt God had really called us to be leaders and starting this church with two other couples. We were really pumped about that. But we also had a four and two-year-old. And so okay. what wow. happened was Dave was gone more and more. He's also the Detroit Lions chaplain. So he's traveling with the team on the road. Um, and I kind of felt like, wait, I thought this was our dream. You're out fulfilling your our, our dream. You're doing it by yourself. I'm at home. And yet we would kind of have this tension, this continual tension of you're gone all the time. I need you at home. What are you doing? And he's like, I, I, I'm home. I'm good enough. So that was kind of going on when we had this big date. Okay. And after the date, Dave says, hey, I have this great idea. We just we just uh, rented this middle school where we're going to start our services at, and I hadn't seen it. So he's like, right, let's go over there and really pray for this for the beginning because it's going to be opening
1: soon. I really just wanted to go parking in
0: the car. <laughs> <laughs> not, not not just that? Yeah, that's a good, that's going to read really well for the headlines when you opening your yeah. your church. <laughs> your <listeners, laughs> Local yeah. church yeah. pastor. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and again, I
1: thought we're doing so well. That's how the night's going to end. It's going to be this beautiful, wonderful, we're going to make out in a, and by the way, we're in a Honda Accord, so this isn't going to go well. <laughs> yeah.
0: But long you're story. Much, much younger, much more flexible in those days. Right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you're right. How did you know? Because um, I'm a little bit older too now.
1: Yeah.
0: I go to kiss
1: Anne in front seat of this car and she doesn't want to kiss me and I try again thinking I just misread her and then finally I ask her, you know what is something wrong
2: and i i didn't want to get into it that night because i was like whoa he did kill it like he, this was a pretty amazing night he put so much money energy it was amazing so i thought oh let's i'm not gonna wreck the night right but kept pushing me and i finally said i've lost all my feelings for you i oh. have nothing left i i don't even have any hope that we can keep <laughs> making it i didn't i didn't think that I would divorce Dave, but I just thought we're going to live in emotional isolation the rest of our lives. And and I thought, and this is what was our pattern. If I would have said that before, we would just start automatically fight, start fighting and Dave would pull out his calendar. And I was getting ready for him to get defensive, but this night took a
0: real different turn. How did it take a different turn? What happened?
1: Well, Again, I started to grab my calendar. It was in the back seat, <laughs> and I mean, I was going like I always did, not even knowing that was this. This was my pattern.
0: You're you gonna, pro- like, you gonna prove that, hey, look, I'm yeah. doing the right things. I'm crossing yeah. all the yes. keys and dotting all the eyes. Yeah,
1: exactly. And it it was all in the calendar. Like, oh, you think I've been gone? Look at this. I was home Monday. I was home. Anyway, I turned to reach for my calendar, and she doesn't know I'm doing this, but I'm listening to her, and I'm reaching. I'm literally reaching back there and it was almost miraculous i sensed the voice of god saying to me shut up and listen oh wow <laughs> it, was, it was that direct like don't, <laughs> you, don't you grab that calendar i mean it was all in two words shut up you know yeah so i didn't grab the calendar i just listened and she she really shared her heart yeah and about I told how them, hard, how hard it had been
2: i said i started out super angry and then after a while my anger turned to bitterness then my bitterness turned to resentment And now I don't even care. I don't even care that you're gone. And I said, and if you'd ask me what our marriage is on a scale of 1 to 10, I'd probably say a 0.5. Oh,
0: man.
2: And where Dave is a 10, and I'm like, how can you be this clueless, you know, that we're doing this bad? And I I was just so lost and hopeless.
0: Wow. So... My sense is that any any kind of response of defensiveness would have just only further reinforced oh, yeah. this kind of this kind of emotional isolation you felt. Yeah. But Dave, you did the one thing that was the right thing. What did you do? And let me tell you, it wasn't my
1: choice. I mean, I was not going to do this. I didn't. I felt like I was being told the wrong thing. Although when I heard her say, "I've lost my feelings," I could feel it. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, she means this. This is. It isn't just a one-night thing. This has been building for close, to a, close to a year, maybe. And so, as interesting as, again, as she shared, I sensed God's voice one more time, and it was one word, repent. Oh. And it's interesting, you know, I mean, you preach, I preach, I know what the word repent is, metanoia, I've, I've taught it in the <laughs> Greek, you know, you've probably written about it in your studies. I mean... Sure it was so interesting you know because as a preacher you call people to that but i knew in one word what yeah god and he didn't have to say anything else repent when i heard it that night was this clear it was like your marriage is never going to get to where you want it to be if you just think it's going to be i'm going to start talking i'm going to be home more it's like it's you got to go vertical which means what, what was going on in my life at the time i was so busy uh, trying to start this church, doing the Detroit Lions ministry, speaking, honestly, yeah.
0: about marriage around the country already. <laughs> You're and helping you know, everybody was, else's marriage, right? Oh, yeah, everybody else. <laughs> and it's like I, the carpenter. Everybody else's house gets fixed except the, except his, right? Exactly. Yes,
1: yeah. exactly. Okay. And I was doing the work of God with leaving God in the dust. So I was, you know the word, I was lukewarm. Yeah. It was really In one word, I felt like God was saying, you're lukewarm and I'm not number one. And until I'm number one, this marriage doesn't have a chance. And so I knew all that in one word. And I felt like it had to happen right here, right now. It's like, it it wasn't about Ann. It was about me. And unless I put God back where he needs to be. Now, it wasn't out of my life. It was just like, I was not listening to him. I was not opening his word to to read a love story. I was opening his word to get a sermon. Yeah. To go to the Bible study or preach and have people say, you're amazing. It was like, I was just, I was not in my first love. And, you know, in Revelation 2, when Jesus says you've lost your first love, what's he telling him to do? Repent. I I wasn't thinking this in that moment. (laughs) Later, it's like, oh, my gosh, he said the same word. Repent and do the things you did at first. Well, at first, man, I was chasing after God, pursuing him with all my heart. And so long story short, I just got on my knees right there. And I said to Ann, I said, I need to do something right now. You don't need to do this, but I do. And I think I need to be on my knees as I do it. I don't always pray on my knees, but I just want to be in full surrender. And so I don't know how, but I got on my knees in the front seat of a Honda Accord. And, <laughs> you know, the steering wheel was in my back, and I just prayed out loud. You know, I just said, God, I repent. it's oh, awesome. I want to put you back in control of my life, and I want to I ask you to make me the husband I need to be and the dad I need to be to my three sons. And so I put you back in first place, helped save this marriage. And so I thought, okay, now we're going to talk. And I turn because I had my eyes closed. I turn, and I look over, and Anne's on her knees, um, and the passenger side.
2: Well, it, it's so funny. I love the practicality of Scripture. Yeah. Because I love Proverbs says, a gentle answer turns away wrath. And when Dave responded by getting on his knees, first I was shocked that he could even do that. Yeah. But, but then he's praying out loud and repenting. I was instantly I was instantly convicted because what I realized was somewhere along the way I had taken off my eyes off of Jesus and I had put them on Dave. Yeah. And I really did think if Dave would just get his act together, we could be great. If Dave would do this, I would be happy. If Dave would do this, I would be fulfilled. And it was almost like my marriage had become an idol and Dave had become an idol. And, and I think that's a real subtle thing. It's this real slow shift. And I felt like God was saying, Ann Wilson, I never equipped Dave or made Dave to be able to meet all your needs. He's, he's not meant to do that. That's my job. Wow. And so I turned and got on my knees and, and basically said the same prayer, like, Lord, I've taken you off of the center and I've put my marriage and Dave in replacement of that. And I repent and I put you back on the throne of my life. Um, And it is amazing how that was really the turning point. It was, it didn't turn us overnight Yeah, because it it took a while to come out of that. When you lose feelings for someone, I know that God can restore those instantly, but it took a while and took a lot of hard work to get that back
0: well it's it's uh we're we're real people we're not we're not just objects or things that can suddenly be fixed. You can't pop out the batteries and put new ones in and suddenly you're juiced up again. Uh, we have hearts that are more like more like soil that needs seeds and watering and that kind of stuff than like machines that can be turned on and off. So- It'd
2: be nice I, if you were machines, it could be on and off. Uh, It'd be nice if it was quick
0: and Yeah, easy. yeah <laughs> it would be nice. Well, that's, that, that's just incredible. I, it, it's so much of what you're talking about, it puts the gospel at the center of a marriage because mm. you know, really anytime we find ourselves saying, if only someone else would do X, Y, and Z, yeah. then I could be the person I need to be. Mm-hmm. We've taken our eyes off the gospel. Uh, we've forgotten A, that we're sinners, B, that we need grace, and see that Jesus is ready to give it to us at any time. Um, and and, and so, so nothing someone else does can keep us from being that person that the Lord wants us to be. Yeah. It can hurt, it can wound, it can be difficult, it can be, it can be damaging. But yeah, so I, I love your emphasis. You, 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 you said it briefly, but I love your emphasis on the connection between the vertical and the horizontal. Yeah, and your book is called Vertical Marriage, and because I think everything in life really flows from that basic issue. Can you can you explain what you're talking about with that phrase Vertical Marriage, and how the vertical and horizontal are connected?
1: Well, I think the easiest way to explain it is it isn't just marriage, but we as human beings, as as sinners, basically, we often try to find life, find happiness, joy. You name it: peace, purpose, even power. Horizontally, in other words, something on this earth. Uh, For a lot of people, it really is a person, a relationship. So many singles think: once I get married, then I'll be happy. Yep, the famous line in Jerry Maguire movie: "You know, you complete me." Is (laughs) everybody resonates with that? Yeah, I got to find my. We even have a phrase for it we find the one I found the one yes yeah. like you know, my soulmate and and there is a build-in and, and and we did the same thing even though we teach this we still did it I'll now be happy I found Anne. and found me will be happy and then we got married and it was hard and every couple experiences this sooner or later and you start to think why well, I'm not happy like, I thought yeah. I'd be with this person. You watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. I'm not saying watch it. I would <laughs> say don't watch it. Yeah, probably should not, I would say. <laughs> but they're doing the same thing, right? Of all these people, I'm going to pick the one, and then I'll be happy, and it never seems to work. And so... Right.
2: That's very true in jobs, too, because Dave was ch- chasing after his dream.
1: Amount of money, yeah. pleasure, you name it, yeah. will, will fulfill us. And the vertical means, guess what? Nothing on this planet will ever truly satisfy. Yeah. It just never will. And that's the endless search. Well, I married the wrong person. Okay, go marry somebody else. Guess what? It's going to be the wrong person again. And so we often hear people say, I just, I think I married the wrong person. I thought it was the right one, but now I realize, and here's what we say. Vertical marriage means this. You didn't marry the wrong person. You're looking in the wrong place. Whoa, that's good. You're never going to find it from any person. You're only going to find it from Christ. You know, the passage that hit us when we actually sat down to write the book, which I never thought of, and obviously it's not a marriage passage but it's jeremiah 2 where jeremiah is quoting god and he says you know you've forsaken me the source of living water and you know you committed two sins you've forsaken me the source of and you've gone and dug your own cisterns broken cisterns that cannot hold water that's exactly what we do and it's yeah he says he's appalled at this because he's speaking to people that know better you've experienced (laughs) living water you've tasted and yet you turn, turn your back and you're going to go dig your own sister. It's like we've done the same thing. It's like I knew better. I'm a pastor. I'm teaching other couples this, and yet I'm trying to find life from Ann. Now, Ann's amazing. She's incredible, but she's <laughs> not God, and only God can fill that void. And so here's the other side of vertical marriage that we try to get into in the book is once I, we realize I'm going to find life only the only place life can be found, the source of life, Jesus, Christ, a relationship with Christ, God through Christ guess what now i am the i have the source of life coming filling me up i now come back to my marriage not as a taker you got to meet my needs you got to make me happy i'm met my needs are met why yes. am i with right christ so that's the gospel i now come back to and she comes back to me like i'm gonna give yes. you know paul tells me to love my wife as christ loved the church that's impossible but now that i've been loved by christ he fills me up. I can actually do that out of his strength, not my strength.
2: I love what Andy Stanley says about this. He says, your spouse should be able to know how much God loves them by the way you treat them. Oh, wow. So whether your spouse knows God or not, they should be think, wow, the way they're loving me, if that's how God loves me, I want to know him. Yeah. That, that can be super convicting, but that's what Dave's means when we're filled up with him it allows us to be able to give of ourselves a hundred percent because it's really giving back to Jesus as a worship
1: experience and it also hopefully and this is hard but it hopefully takes your eyes off your spouse
2: yeah yeah and
1: that's what we do we're let down and we want God to change them and we you know it's like no, no no take your eyes upward vertical and say God I can't change them but you can but I can change me and so Again, I'm going vertical to be filled with Christ, and that is, I, I can only control me. And if they never change, they're not the source of my happiness anymore. It yeah. doesn't mean I can't have life and joy and peace. I mean, it doesn't mean it's easy, but it's possible because I have my life where it's the only place that can be truly found is in Christ.
0: Well, I think, you know, what you're saying is so profound and so critical, and yet so many people, they never think of their spouse or their marriage as an idol. You know, I mean, that's what, that's what Jeremiah is confronting there, right? It's the yeah. sin of idolatry. Right. It's like, why would you choose this when you can have this? Yeah. I, th- I also think, as you talk about that, that concept of the fountain of living water, remember the story of the, of the woman at the well in John 4, right? Yeah. Here you have somebody who's been searching for satisfaction in so many different places. Five different, you talk about, you know, yeah. go yeah. somewhere else. She's gone through five different marriages and is in a new relationship. She's obviously searching. And what does Jesus say? Well, if you find me you, you, i 'll make a fountain of living water rise up inside of you so yeah. that's that 's beautiful so you know you guys are your leaders you are you know what it 's all about you 've been doing this for a lot of a lot of years and um, many of our listeners are ministry leaders, some of them staff leaders, some of them volunteer leaders what 's the connection would you say between and i in some ways some, some people might say, oh, this is obvious but i 'd love for you to unpack what 's the connection between Really, having a healthy marriage, where where you've got two spouses, vertically focused. What's the connection between that kind of marriage and healthy leadership?
1: Well, I think there's a big connection, and I think it's really uh, subtle in ministry. To get your eyes on your ministry as the source of your life as well. I mean, sure, you know, business people do it in the business world, but I think in the ministry we think, well, it's ministry, so I'm not going to get obsessed with or make my ministry an idol and i think a lot of ministry marriages are some of the worst marriages out there (laughs) you know because i mean i did that and ann was hesitant to share how she felt because she's competing with god yeah you know my job is god and so she's like i'm not going to say anything how can i feel total guilt you know how can i feel like i'm being left in the dust over here when he's ministering all these people and they're being helped and yet you know and so i think it's really and,
0: you know sadly some cultures some church cultures ministry cultures actually feed that um yeah. i've 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 heard heard of that happening in church settings where you know one pastor uh says to another hey you know y- your spouse just needs to get over it because yeah. this is ministry right i mean uh, don't get in the way of god's ministry and and marriages fall apart because of that that kind of unhealthy grind
1: yeah yeah and i i, mean, I think we we would say it's so important uh, for ministry, I mean, it's, again, it's, it's a struggle, but ministry should be an overflow of your life. And I honestly think, I've been in ministry now 40 years, I think most of the people I meet with, when it's at the end of the day, they just want to meet with me. Why? They want to be with a person that's been with Jesus. Oh, wow. They don't need my incredible wisdom or I exegete this passage this way. They just want to walk away and go, I think I was with a man, or in a marriage, I think I was with a couple that knows Jesus. And they're not just spewing out ministry Bible lines. They know this guy. They know God, and they've been with him, and there's something that's coming from them that's an overflow. I think every sermon, hopefully the congregation is feeling that. So obviously, if that's not happening in your home and your marriage, if your wife is feeling like she's, you know, or your husband's feeling like everything else is more important and they're longing for intimacy in their home and it isn't there, ministry is just a, it's a facade. And so yeah. hopefully, it's like, man, my number one disciple is sitting right beside me. Her name's Ann. Wow. You know, and so we're pouring oh. into one another in our relationship with God, and that's real. And then when we either speak on a stage or meet with people, they're like, I'm getting the real deal. This isn't just some person in ministry. They are, they are followers of Jesus who are overflowing out of their relationship, out of their marriage into our marriage.
2: I also think that, marriages will be the greatest evangelistic tool in the future. I think it already is. There's something that's so attractive about a couple that loves each other and they also have a vision not just for, it's not just for like, hey, what can we do as a couple? But it's for the world. Like how can we together and our family even impact this world for Jesus? Amen. I think that's so attractional. And I'm telling you, Dave and I've been doing marriage stuff for 30 years people are desperate for help yeah amen and the amen. thing that we can offer is jesus and we are finding like even as a family it's so easy to put everything else in front of your kids i have all these people coming to us that are saying hey how do we raise our kids what do we do for school and i there's so often i say the greatest thing you guys can do for your kids is to have
0: a great marriage amen and live it. yes that's oh, so good yes you need to live it you're right well, it is no mistake when you open the Bible, right? In the first two chapters, what do you find? You find a marriage, right? Yeah. And when you get to the very end of the Bible, what do you see? You see a marriage. Yeah. And when you look at the very heart of the Bible and you say, what is the gospel all about? What does Paul tell us in, in Ephesians 5? He says, it's a picture of marriage. Yeah. It's Christ in the church. I mean, well, guys, I want to, I just want to thank you so much for taking time to share this with us. I, I think what you've said is is so true uh, a lot of times on this on our podcast we we're talking about issues of contemporary culture and apologetics and and i think honestly one of the best things we can give give the world is is the the reality of an authentic marriage where two people love jesus yeah uh that's i mean a, a witness isn't someone who can just talk about something a witness is someone who's actually experienced it yeah. and yeah. you guys have so thank you so much for being on the podcast
1: thank you Oh, it's fun to be here hopefully,
0: All right. hopefully we can help somebody well, yeah god bless you guys Well, all right. I hope you enjoyed that time with Dave and Ann Wilson. I feel like we just got started with them when we had to wrap things up, but I want to encourage you, if you haven't uh, read their book, Vertical Marriage, give it a a look. It's it's something you're going to want to check out and and look into for yourself as you think about the importance of marriage in your life um, and in the life of any organization that you lead. We want to see the church continue to support uh, these healthy marriages because, as, as we just heard, they're a critical way for us to reach out to the world around us. Also, one more thing, just want to let you know about some upcoming organic outreach events in May and June. May 21st, we're going to be in Tyler, Texas at Tyler Christian Fellowship you can get some training in organic outreach for churches. On May 30th, we're going to be in Elmhurst, Illinois at Elmhurst Christian Reformed Church. Also with some training there, we're going to be doing an intensive on May 30th and 31st in Orange County, California at Generations Church. And finally, big event coming up in June, the 25th and 26th. We're going to be in Wheaton, Illinois at Wheaton College for the annual Amplify Conference. Check out the website for all uh, these events and for more information about them, and also to register. You can register for any one of these events. It's a great way to take the next step as you look at making your organization and your life more organic in its outreach. And I want to also encourage you help us get the word out by joining the Organic Outreach Media Squad. All you have to do is send an email to info at organicoutreach.org and let us know that you want to join the team. If you do, we'll send you one of our newly minted Organic Outreach Media Squad mugs. Just imagine how jealous your friends are going to be when they see you sipping your favorite beverage in one of these babies. I think you want to do it. Well, for now, (laughs) this is Adam Barr reminding you, make time to share God's life today.